podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. The longest three months of the year are over. The Premier League is back. The faces may change. The passion does not. Another season of fierce rivalry. Will anyone be able to beat the champions, Chelsea? Fans are gathering all over the country. This is what we've all been waiting for. Fasten your seatbelts, everyone. The greatest show on earth is about to begin. The new Premier League season is here. Ah, oh, crap. Watford 3, Liverpool 3. You're listening to the LFC Day Trippers, and this is the post match couch. Where do we start with that one? That was one of the weirdest opening games of the season, I think. Um, the first half was dire. The second half looked really good. And then we did what we are the best at doing, which seems to be throwing it all away. Uh, Steve and Andy have joined me on the couch as we have a look back over uh, today's game. Ends 3-3, Watford versus Liverpool, opening game of the season. Where do we start with that one? Steve, your thoughts? It's as if nothing's changed, as if there wasn't a preseason. Um, we played for 20 minutes. Like, there's no, no... The first half was nothing. Just absolute nothing by the goal. Um, and then we played for 20 minutes in the second half. Yeah, it was... There was nothing in it for us in the first half. We, I don't know whether it's just me. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Andy, but we just looked sluggish. We, we, it's as if we hadn't had a preseason and we were just trying to find our feet. Yeah, um, that's the real football back again. You know, we we can only take bits out pre-season. Of course, we're going to talk about all the positives. We did look good in pre-season. But at the same time, we did look very vulnerable in pre-season, especially the game in Dublin when we seemed to give the ball away sloppy in midfield. And again today in the first half, eight minutes in, we give the ball away in midfield. And then everyone's scattering back. Our full-backs pushed on so far, uh, far forward. The full-backs or the centre-backs are nowhere near each other and it leads to a really good chance they should have scored. And then, of course, 
the corner and we and just like last season just like every season um where it's 50-50 almost whether we can see it on a absolute calamity stuff it's just to me it's just uh, it was just a, a game that sunned or sunned that clop really uh, it's fine margins between absolute elation and then the deflation you know we could have been having this pod being really upbeat and and celebrating a 3-2 win or a 4-2 win even if we had taken our chances but instead we're all pissed off and, and that's the way it is on our club yeah I mean am I the only one who sat there with five minutes to go looking at that and going do you know what there's no way this stays the same score this is going to end 3-3 um, well I, I thought the I thought we could have probably seen the game out had he kept the same team out there. I thought the substitution uh, with Gomez was absolutely disgraceful. Um, probably put Milner on either. But I, although I could see the logic in the Milner one, I couldn't really see the logic in the Gomez one. Like Trent had a quality game, and uh, once all them changes were made, and then Watford were coming in on top of us, and there seemed to be spaces everywhere and a lot of high balls. I kind of start getting read already. Yeah. Okay. Look, where do we start? Let, let's start with the team lineups then, shall we? That's probably the the best place to crack off with this. So Liverpool lineup with Mignolet in goal. Uh, then you've got Moreno, Lovren, Matip, and Alexander Arnold at the back. Any issues with that? Anything you'd have done differently? I don't think there was anything that we could have done differently. Really. Um, the, the question was Milner over Moreno, but apparently in pre-season Moreno's got himself back. That's first choice left back now. Yeah. Much um, to Carragher's annoyance. Yeah, but most everyone's annoyance. Like he was on the verge of everyone. Like he was written off completely. What did he start one league game last season? Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's now back to being our first choice left back. And some things just don't change, but Reino. Um, the second goal, for example, like there's no need. We've seen the second goal. It's Henderson not following cleverly, but Moreno's ten yards out of position. He's ten yards out of the line, and. The ball then gets slipped into his arm. On his ass. Yeah, on the on the on his ass on the ground, ten yards from where he should. It's, yeah, it's new here. I know, I know, Steve. But even even before that, when Chan and him had the ball at the at the sideline, I thought he bombed exactly. on. Or, like you know, if he had it just waited, like I know Chan's ball, uh, kind of back here ball wasn't the best either. But the two of them could have sorted out between them quite easily. Instead, kind of Moreno seems to go forward uh, when he could have just uh, took a couple of steps back. I think a more experienced fullback takes a couple of steps back, just takes the ball off Chan and clears it. Instead, it, Moreno takes the forward out of that situation. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. I, I agree with you. I don't believe in the experience line though because he's what twenty five now. Like he's not. If it was Trent, I, would, I completely understand. I'd hold my hands up. If it was Trent on the other side at eighteen years of age, it's doing that. That's fair enough. But when you're basically penned in in your own left full position, your first thought can't be, "We're gone. We're gone. We're gone." He needs to hold his position until that ball, until the next pass, until the next pass is played. If the ball is played by Chan, it was stupid from Chan to try and back heel it. But if the ball is played into Henderson's feet, then go, then go when when it's on to go. Yeah. Then he's, there's not a level of football intelligence. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of bad choice of words are more experience. I, I actually just meant more competence. Yeah, more competence. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's have a look at the midfield then. So we had um, Ginny, um, Hendo, and Chan in the centre of midfield. 
again, I don't, this whole team, I look at it and I just don't know what else we do differently. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't see any. If we finish the rest of the team off, Salah on one side, Mane on the other, Bobby Firmino down the middle. I, I, you just look at that team and go, yeah, that's probably the team most of us would have would have picked. I guess the only other thing you could have looked at is, do you, do you have Andy Bob uh, in defence? Maybe. Um, I'm not quite sure why Millie's sitting on the on the bench, um, whether they're saving them for Tuesday. I don't know. But I don't really see that there's much else we can do um, with the guys that we've got on there. And I think if you look at where we're at injury-wise and, and, and fitness-wise, I think that's the side most of us would would chuck out and and see how it goes. But for me, the tactics for the first half seemed all wrong, and I think we we were all I think we were all in the WhatsApp group, and I I chucked a message in there at one point, and I just didn't understand why. When you've got all, it almost seemed like we've got two fast lads at the front. Let's just cut out the midfield and lob it over the top, and hope we can get past what was a well organised back four. And I don't see how that works. It's got to be one twos, which actually leads to our our first goal. But it was little one twos and trying to you know play in the triangles and and which is what we've been doing pre season. And then all of a sudden we come to this season at the start of the season and we're literally like, Do you know what? Let's just cut out the midfield and let's just lob balls over the top. And I just didn't get that at all. Yeah, Rich. What, what struck me most was I think at one stage the possession starts to come up and I think Watford had the better share of the ball and might have been sixty percent. That's something we don't normally see. Uh, with Liverpool and like last season I'm sure when we played Watford we had all the ball but we couldn't break them down so maybe Klopp was thinking do we do we kind of um, sacrifice the ball a little bit more to maybe create them spaces maybe bring them out more I don't know um, but it, it didn't work either way it didn't work it's always going to be a gamble uh, tactically they're going to they're going to play um, against our weaknesses it always seems that Liverpool we just kind of play our own game we don't generally set up against the opposition's weakness. We just kind of play our own game. So it's always a battle from the start. Um, but they did sort it out in the second half. Like Klopp did recognise it wasn't working and the the attitude in the second half was a lot better, despite not really changing too much tactically. Yeah, I suppose probably everyone at half-time was begging Trump to push the button. You know, we've had a rough couple of days and, and that probably would have been the kindest thing for uh, for for everybody, really, if that happened. But I think it's fair to say, and I think, you know, we're all, let's face it, we're all pretty pissed off right now. Um, you know, we've walked away with a point when we should have walked away with three, which just sounds like last season. And, you know, I get all of that. But actually, there were, certainly in the second half, I think, a lot more positives. And we'll we'll get on to the second half in a minute. So... Watford go one uh, go one nil up, don't they? Literally within eight minutes, Akaka um, gets the first goal. It was yeah. just awful defending, wasn't it? It was an absolute disgrace, absolute disgrace. How like, I understand, I played football for long enough, using Zona Martin as the first man on the line of four. How in God's name, Matip decides to just stand still? I think at one point he actually ducked. You're giving Nakaka a free run from the edge of the penalty spot. I don't blame Firmino because of the fact that I don't think Firmino can do anything when a lad that's six foot four is running and has a run and jump on you. But Matip has to Matip has to clear it. There has to be he has to make an effort to clear it. Matip gets the time touches and that goal doesn't happen. But instead, same old crap, the man at the front post ducks and allows the man running into the second zone, which is Firmino's zone, a free run and a free header. 
Yeah, it, it just wasn't good. All ends up, was it? I mean, I, I I made some notes about that, and then I think at that point I just I just stopped taking notes and just thought it's going to be one of those. But Matip and Chan are just they're just static, and this is this is what I don't get. And someone's going to have to explain this to me because I get you know a lot of managers do zonal marking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But what I don't get is that if you're just marking an area, so if the ball goes into that area, you're going to go and clear it. How does that work when you've got someone the size of a kaka who's got a run on him as well, who's then moving into that area? How does it, how's it, how does it work or how is it supposed to work? Well, how's it, well, yeah, how it works is no one does and it ends up in the back of the net. But how it's supposed to work on that, because I, yeah. I just don't get why. If you've got someone man-to-man on a kaka, surely that doesn't end up in the back of the net, does it? Yeah, well, I think the, I think the best the best um, way to defend uh, corners is a mix of zone and uh, man marking. So you pick up the danger, man. But you you got to have someone attacking the ball. Like I mean, when Gerard played in uh, Rafa's uh, zone setup, he he always attacked the ball. There's normally someone to attack the ball. It just seems under that club we don't literally don't give a shit about defending. <laughs> If they'll give a shit about it, well, then they're just really, really bad at it. Because Firmino's not moving, Matthew's not moving, Chan's not moving. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. They just don't have people that willing to take the responsibility. And they're just saying, OK, well, this is my zone. I'm not going to show any sort of... Um, uh, to get to get up and get the ball out there. Or even, I know Firmino's small, smaller than that attacker, but you can put a bit of weight into him. You can put him off. Don't give him such a clean header. But I, I, I'm really more concerned about how how these corners come about and how 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 easily it can happen in the middle of the park. Like there was four incidents in saying in the Bilbao game in Dublin where that exact same thing fucking happened. There's a needless ball given away in midfield and everybody is frantic running back and only for Lovren's little deflection, a lucky deflection, we were going to go down and then it just leads to corners where everybody is shitting it. And we're just, it just, you could imagine that Klopp is working on this in, in training, but it doesn't seem like it to me because it's just the same shit over and over again. And Van Dijk won't sort any of this out. He really won't. Carragher put the, put the um, hit the nail on the head in a, a half time when he was talking about it. And I was saying it on the Today Trippers podcast last week. We just, we just don't defend as a unit. Nobody knows where anybody is. And, there's no leader in that unit, Andy. That's the fucking problem. Yeah, that but, is the matter. Yeah, but Steve, it's on Klopp. It's on Klopp. I'm 100% agree with you. You want your leaders, all right. And I know Van Dijk's probably going to cut out a few goals because he's just a better defender. He's better in the air and everything else. But he can't He can't tell Klopp how to set up the defence. He's not going to go off on his own... Mm. Um, his own fucking meandering decisions to, to say, well, okay, we're going to do it this way instead. We, unless we defend compact as a unit, we're going to concede goals. You know, like, I sound like I'm slating Klopp, but, but uh, that's just the way it is going to be under Klopp. That's the way he wants to play. He's He seems happy enough to concede goals and lots of goals because he's not doing anything to stop it. And that's that's just a roller coaster we're, we're going to have to enjoy. Yeah, I, ju- I, I just wonder whether someone to organize the defense you're right in saying you know Klopp's going to defend it the way he's going to defend and that's where he wants to set up but there is but there was points during that game as well where literally you've got Matip pushing a player and going you need to be there no there that's where I need you to be and there just sometimes seems that that doesn't that just doesn't happen and whether actually someone like Van Dyke who by the way I don't think we're going to get him but anyway um 
someone like Van Dijk who actually turns around and goes, no, this is how we need to do it. This is how this is going to go and, and you need to do this. Maybe that's what we, that's what we lack because there just doesn't seem to be um, a whole lot of instruction, a whole lot of guidance coming from the back going forward. And I think even when, I mean, there, there was a couple of moments with um, Mignolet, who, by the way, I don't think had the greatest game he's ever had. I don't think he was at fault for, okay, the first two goals. I don't think there's anything he can do about either of those. The third one, the third one's just bollocks. It really is. Um, Rich, Rich, sorry, on the third goal, I understand you're saying he wasn't at fault for the first two, but if you're a side that wants to have the aspirations of challenging for a league title, you need a goalkeeper that's going to stop that third goal. Absolutely. Or or one of the other two goals. Like, <laughs> De Gea, De Gea doesn't make them mistakes. No. Lloris doesn't make them mistakes. Courtois doesn't make them mistakes. It's it's a no-brainer at this stage. Like, it just, like, I personally, I just think we need a new goalkeeper. And whether that's Karius, whether that's Danny Ward, at this stage, it's just the same old story with Mignolet. There's nothing happening. But then, but then I'm going to throw this back to you and play devil's advocate. Do all of those goalkeepers have better defences in front of them? I don't think so. No? Well, well actually, yeah, probably. Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> but they, no, thinking about it, yeah, but with regards to the mistakes, it's actually nothing to do with the defensive front. Look at the one in the second half where he comes... Lovren gets a massive shout, ducks his head, fair enough, <laughs> and he still doesn't fucking catch it. Oh, no. He still doesn't catch it. Like it's at this stage, it's it's errors, it's individual errors that are being caused by a collective unit. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, I think when we talk about them, having a crap defense, we're talking five players, not four. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent, Steve. Like it is. It is collective, and as a unit. Uh, as a team, we suffer from serious uh, softness. Like, yeah. I don't think De Gea, maybe De Gea in his fourth season when he was a little bit soft, but whatever they did with him, they made him tough. And I don't think De Gea gets bullied or Czech gets bullied like that by by uh, the Watford player that stood on the line. He, could, he just pushes him out of his way and stands in front of him and just doesn't yeah. let it happen. Mingalai can't even see anything because he's too bu- bu- busy being a fucking pussy standing behind the player. I mean, it's absolutely fucking disgraceful. Like, you take it, take every goal or every every instance as as an individual and look at it. We don't have to be talking about blame all the time, but collectively, every single incident that leads to goals or leads to chances, there's so many culprits. Yeah, and it's, when we're going to the third goal, if we're out. But if we haven't had the ball, it back to where it comes from. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Why he tries to head the ball anywhere? Like he's, he's bending down. Well, he doesn't even try to fucking head the ball. The ball is on the, the deck near enough. Volley the fucking thing out the rose there for a throw in, and it doesn't happen. Yeah. <clears throat> Trent's attempt to uh, clearance. Like I mean, I think Trent had a very very good game, but his attempt to clearance, well, um, for the second goal. Was it the second goal? Where he just plays to the clearance off um defender? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just it's just nonsense, you know. And we only can see goals like that. We really do. You have to go yeah. you have to go fucking really far down the leagues to find goals like that. Yeah, the mid table. The mid table goal. Yeah. yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree, and I think that that's that's part of our problem, isn't it? I mean, if we 
if we try and just follow this through chronologically, so then we get then we get back into the well. I say we get back into the game. We have a, an attack um, where we actually get behind their defence um, and we get awarded a penalty first goal for us. Is it not? Is it a pen first? No, one? no, no Mane's no, no, Mane's first one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely goal. Um, as I was saying at the start, there, it's just it's just a game where it sums up collapsed teams. We have that threat and it exists. And the first time it happens throughout uh, all game, and um, falls to Mane, and an absolutely quality finish. Didn't give the goalkeeper a chance to ball in over a uh, chance for was excellent. Um, so That's I mean, okay. if we could just. It's just Moreno, defend. isn't it, into Chan? So Moreno goes into Chan, who then flicks the ball into the path of Mane. Mane's just yeah. got a one-on-one with Gomez and just curls it into the far corner. Yeah, if we could, if we could defend, we'd be an absolutely fantastic team. It's um, it's unbelievable. Like I mean, that that's that's lethal, you know. And when we do go forward, we look like scoring a lot. Or when we do get spaces, when we can isolate and and be, and it is a kind of a man for man, one for one, like. We do look like scoring, and we really like Mane. Generally, when he gets into them areas, he capitalises. Yeah, I think Mane was the only player who looked like he bothered to turn up first half. I think is probably a, a a fair way of of summing things up. We were enjoying the um, the Mane goal and the celebrations, and by the time we'd fin- finished celebrating, Decore had put it in the back of the net to make it Watford two one. Um, again, this is. Cleverly makes ground down the right, sends a low ball into the six-yard box. We're just sliding everywhere. It's just a nightmare. It drops to Decore, bursts into the box and smacks it home. As you said already, Rich, it's, it stems from cleverly playing a ball around the corner and running off the back of Henderson. <laughs> then Moreno, 10 yards of the position, trying to make a tackle that he should never be making. He should just stand the man up. Cleverly has walls behind Moreno and it's a simple it's a simple goal it's not anything to cut us open it's nothing fancy like it's as again it's another goal that a mid-table team can see it it's absolutely shambolic from the first to the to the finish yeah I mean they did, you just didn't even get a chance to finish your celebrations did you and you just look at it and you just think oh you know, it's just it's just another crap goal to concede. It, it it's just it's just awful. It's just a bad goal. All ends up. So then we've got um, Mane goes in the book. Um, then elsewhere, Salah has a couple of chances, ever, doesn't he, in the first half? Just to go back, that Mane tackle was. He's lucky it wasn't a red card. Yeah, that was horrendous. And he, the ball was long gone, and he made sure he he had a look, and he actually made sure he makes contact with the lad. Yeah, is this the, is very this the lucky. Studs into the ankle. So then what do we get? When we get some chances, so Salah gets a few chances, he sprints away down the right, gets an opportunity, toe pokes it, which just seemed a bit of a weird option. Um, and yeah, goes about eight yards, eight yards wide. Uh, wasn't great. And then there's a few corners and stuff. And we, we kind of, we get to coming up to half time. Was it me or was there a lot of stoppage time today? Well, five yeah, I couldn't minutes believe in the first it. half. Uh, four minutes, four minutes at the end of the first half, and five minutes at the end of the uh, at the end of the game, which turned into eight minutes. Is this a new Premier League um, thing where they're they're putting up the max minutes or something like to stop? <laughs> I don't know. It didn't seem like there was four minutes in the first half at all. Well, I I didn't see it either. But I mean, unless they're starting to get more, because isn't it? Aren't you supposed to for every goal that's scored, you're supposed to add a minute on because they reckon it takes that long to get 
back after you yeah. finish the goal celebrations and, and start the game off again and blah, blah, blah. But There was the injury to Jan, man, in first well, yeah. half. Yeah, was that for me? I don't know. Like they, they never seemed to enforce that minute for a goal. I thought maybe I think it was only thirty seconds. Yeah, it did. But, uh, it, yeah, it, didn't it, say, it seemed like a lot of extra time. When bearing in mind when we look at added time in games in the past, you know, and or maybe I don't know. Maybe it's our fault. I mean, literally in in preseason friendlies, if you get a minute of injury time, um, that's quite staggering. And and maybe we've just yeah. got used to. Used to that. So half time comes, we all go away, go kick a cat or whatever it is we're going to do. Come back for the second half, and it seems that the first signs at the at the beginning of the second half was that maybe actually we were trying to turn this around and we were we were going to do something different. There's no substitutions. Nothing's really changed tactically, other than we seem to stop trying to put it over the top. That was it, Rich. What happened was it seemed as though they copped on that these long balls into the channels over the top weren't going to work. It was as if they were expecting Watford to come out and play 3-5-2 like Hull did last season under Marcus Silva where that tactic probably would have worked perfectly because then you're getting in behind the wing back and so on. We actually started playing football for the start of the second half but it's actually crazy to think that it took a half-time break for 11 professional footballers to realise that this tactic isn't going to work. Mm. We don't seem to have this ability yet, for whatever reason, to be able to solve problems on the pitch. It's, it's like we need that half-time for, for us to actually work out or be told what we need to do. And I think that's quite worrying, bearing in mind the people that we, that we've, the players that we've got on the pitch. You'd have expected some of them to have worked this out. You know, Henderson and Chan and, and Lovren and Matipa are not inexperienced players. They, they've been around the game long enough to, to look at this and go, this isn't working. Yeah. Yeah, I thought when Alden had one of his poorer games... For Liverpool, um, yeah, I agree. Even when we were good in the second half, I think he might have been carrying a small knock, and uh, Klopp didn't want to change him, and he just he just didn't look like he was at the race at all. But in the second half, Chan um, seemed to take the game with a scruff of the neck, and he got involved, and that's obviously partially due to the fact they weren't playing balls over his head that he couldn't get into the game. I thought he I thought he was excellent in the second half, and yeah. Henderson was pretty poor in that six of. If it was my choice, I would have actually took Henderson out of the game and put um, put Chan back there in the six, and maybe maybe dropped Firmino into midfield and put Solanke on or something like that. That's what I would have been thinking, because those three generally don't work against teams that are, are pretty shit. You know, like in a, in a big game, maybe against Arsenal, where you're going to expect to be sitting back a bit more. They can be quite good, but when you need to move the ball a bit quicker and you want someone in midfield with a bit of an attacking head uh, against sides like Watford, I just don't think they work. And um, when Alderman and, and Henderson just weren't at it today at all, we do have a little, little Brazilian lad who's brilliant at doing that. I know, yeah. Do we? You <laughs> said. No, we don't. Well, the one good news on him is he did actually bother to turn his ass up to um, to to see the medics and have some physio today. So. That's always a bonus. He hasn't gone on full strike yet. Talking of um, little Brazilians, so uh, Salah shows his pace nine minutes into the second half, wins um, a penalty for Liverpool. Clear pen. I don't think there's any questions on that. Everyone's happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so nailed on pen all day long. And um, uh, the toothy one steps up and slots it quite happily into the back of the net. Um, Doing all right from the spot. We don't need Jamie on do we? 
No, we don't. Um, it was a good pen. Um, simple. Put it away. Every penalty you score is a good penalty. Yeah. Absolutely. And then literally three minutes later, um, Watford do a Liverpool, really, I suppose. And um, Lovren chips a ball in, doesn't he, behind the Watford back four. Firmino races onto it. Uh, he lifts it over Gomez. The ball looks like it's going to go wide. Salah. He looks good at this, doesn't he? Salah picks up on the fact that it might, it's probably going to go wide and he gets just enough on it to, to put it in the back of the net close range. And, and I think we've seen the one thing about Salah that we don't seem to talk about a lot is his anticipation as well as his pace. He anticipates like a centre-forward. Yeah. Like a good, proper centre-forward should. We're all told growing up, if you play up front, you follow Everton here. Follow Everton just in case, just in case. And if you watch his goals from Roma last year, how many goals he scores from rebounds off the post, rebounds off the keeper. We've seen it in the Bayern game in pre-season where it's a tap-in from a keeper safe. It's, it seems to be his, his type of goal, which is no bad thing whatsoever. Um, yeah. Yeah. He looks like he has the ability to score great goals. He, has so many, he makes himself so many chances. He has everything, but then he has that little knack of being in the right place at the right time just to get them scruffy little finishes. Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent point by Steve there, like about um the fact that a lot of his goals were from rebounds. Like they they that's not a coincidence when you score on so many of them. And you see top strikers, they always seem to be lucky, you know, and it's all it's all because they their anticipation of, of the game and the read of the game. So um that's why we bought him and it's excellent to see he made such an impact in his first game. Yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely. The funny thing, the funny thing about the goal is it's the tactic that we tried 25 times in the first half. It's that ball over the top. Yeah. It wasn't working. It was as if we, it actually came from the right back. Um, the Watford right back pushed on and got caught in no man's land. And that's the time that if you are playing against the back four, it's that ball works when they are pushing up on you. And it was actually a perfect ball from Lovren. And he has, that, he has the ability to do that. But they have to realise it can't be done constantly. It has to be done at the right time. Yeah, um, if you do it constantly, it's just it, they just read it out a game. So yeah, yeah. Locker to maybe do it once a game. Yeah, yeah. I think you've had your two for this half that don't do anymore. But I think you're absolutely right, isn't it? The, the first half it was constant, and and Watford kind of looked at him and went, "Ah, oh, this is all right, lads. They're just going to try and put it in behind us. So we'll just sit a little bit mm-hmm. further back, a little bit further back, a little bit further back. We're fine." And that worked. In the second half, we start mixing it up a bit and they're never sure whether we're going to try and push it on the on the deck and try and move it around and in between them and play in the gaps or whether we're going to go over the top or not. And it's, and it's interesting that once we get that goal, all of a sudden the confidence levels of, of the Liverpool players seems seems to lift and all of a sudden they realise that they are these beautiful bastards in red and that you know they can play loads and loads of football and actually they're dead good at it and, and they're going to show us how good they are. And it just kicks off this whole and I guess this is where we kind of lose the, lose the points if you like Firmino pings a corner in Matip beats Kabul in the air and that hits the post hits the crossbar doesn't it then there's a save from Moreno who suddenly suddenly decides he's going to start taking some shots as well um, and then Firmino finds Lovren near the near post and that nearly ends up in the back of the net it, it just Everything suddenly starts to click, and we suddenly seem as if we are the Liverpool that that we've seen pre-season. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're the margins with Klopp. You know, we hit the po- we hit the post. Should have scored probably two or three goals in that second half. That could have had us on this podcast a lot more upbeat and and really excited about the next game. But um, but that's it, and that is the roller coaster club. We we were good, and there was a lot of swagger in the second half. I thought maybe a bit too much swagger. Like there was times when Salah got in the ball, and they they allowed him space. They stood off from Mane the same, Firmino the same. I just think you need to be a bit more ruthless in that league. And if we had have um been a bit more uh, um, not say I mean professionals probably probably a strong word um. Because I don't question their effort really, but if they had just been a bit more focused on getting in behind them, that's when we could have done the damage. But they seem to think, okay, we're all right now. We're going to beat this. We're winning three two. But you just cannot, you just cannot um, do that in that league. This is the problem, Andy. It's nothing changed. We need to be more ruthless in both boxes. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. We had so many chances. After we go three two up, we have chances to go four two up. You get four two up, you put the game to bed. That's it. Whereas we weren't rootless enough in our own box, and then the tour goal comes because we're not rootless enough in our own box. Sorry, we weren't rootless enough in their box to get the four, and then we're not rootless enough in our own box to stop their tour. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and then we get into this last fifteen minutes, which it just became way too open. I don't know if you guys watched. Um, Arsenal Leicester last night but it was similar sort of thing it just all of a sudden the game opens up and it's it's poor do you know what it's, it's it, it really winds me up it's poor game management by Liverpool yeah as far as I'm concerned we've got 15 minutes with 3-2 up we've come from behind we know we haven't played well we know we haven't had a good game we know that you know this is one of these this is these are the kinds of games that and I know it's first game of the season but these are the kind of games in the latter stages of the season decide where you finish in the table and I'm not saying this does it's the first game of the season for Christ's sake but it's that ability to to manage this game and and see it out and and I think Klopp has to take some responsibility for this as well there's some weird substitutions going on in this yeah. last 15 minutes you know so um what happened Milner comes on for Salah I understand. Arsenal's Origi. Origi on first? Yeah, Origi for Firmino. Yeah. Which, to me, didn't make any sense because from half-time up until the point he's taken off, Firmino looks like a proper centre-forward. He's working, he's pressing, he's hurrying, he's holding the ball. He's doing everything you want him to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then takes him off. Unless it's the case. He was involved in every goal. Maybe does a maybe he has a, an eye on the midweek games as well. Like yeah. he wants. But it was strange that um it was strange that with fifteen minutes to go he makes all them subs, you know, like he presses a panic button when there's no panic. Yeah. No, I'd agree. Because then we have we have Milner comes on for Salah. Um then Genie has a chance, which he just Genie does his oh um yeah, I'm not gonna score that one. And then the weirdest one is it's a minute into stoppage time. So there's five minutes stoppage added time at the end of uh, end of the second half. And Alexander-Arnold comes off, and it's Joe Gomez comes on. That one, to me, doesn't make any sense. If it's a case yeah, that well, you're... I suppose, I suppose the idea there was that Gomez uh, would, would drop in and play kind of three centre-backs, and then Milner would kind of play as a, as a fifth defender. Like as a right wing back, except kind of sit back and protect. But um, the shape change seemed to invite Watford on, and mm. I think problems came from that. And it was Gomez's um, tackle that led to a free kick, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and it was it was a pointless challenge as well. I don't even know why why you're trying to do it there, and it ah, uh, oh, it's just it's yeah. Exactly, Rich. The idea of getting all them extra bodies onto the pitch at the back is you don't have to fucking do that. Yeah. And every time we did it with Lucas last last season, and every other season when Lucas came on and, and gave away them silly phrase, it made no sense. You've all the bodies there. Why are you why are you overcommitting? I know. What are the positives to this? Because this is this was not the way we wanted to do our first um, post match couch podcast. You know, we we wanted to be upbeat and 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 excited about what's what's happened today. I mean, let's start with the positives. Let's look at that for a start. So, who were your standout players for today for the for Liverpool? Um, for me personally, I think uh, I think Moreno was quite good. Apart from Apart from uh, the incident where he could have just stood his man up, I think he was good for the most part. So it it is positive, despite what Carragher says or anyone says about Moreno. I think if Klopp doesn't trust Robertson at the moment, we don't really want to see Milner playing another season left back. It's a positive sign to see that Moreno was actually decent um, for the most part. Trent, I thought was was uh, was excellent for um, to be thrown in there. He had you know, and he might be playing a few games for us right back. Um, the, and then Salah then is the standout positive, I think. And then actually Firmino's game as a centre-forward showed um, a bit more maturity as towards last season. Andy? That was me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was <laughs> For me, it's um, I thought Trent, up to a point, uh, his delivery is from dead balls is absolutely top class. Wasn't expecting to be seeing him taking corners and free kicks. Um, Mane, in the first half, was the only player who came out with any credit. Yeah. Um, himself, Salah and Firmino look like they can link up. It looks like it might take a little bit more time, but looks like with the right supply, they could be frightening. Um, Firmino's 30-minute second half cameo, as I said, from half-time until he was taken off, was as good as you want. That's exact, all you want from the centre-forward in the Klopp team. Held the ball up, involved in all the goals. Perfect. Um, Emery Chan's first touch was, well, the first touch on the run with the ball dropping from the sky. <laughs> that Last. was just <laughs> a beautiful moment. If no one has, if you haven't seen the game, you've got to watch that just for that moment. You're expecting the ball to pop 20 yards ahead of him. Yeah. But, the way he killed, oh, genuinely. Did he kill it on his knee? No, he killed it on his foot, then his knee, and then knocked the ball ahead and wins a free kick from <laughs> it. Yeah. I, I mean, it was one of those, like, the camera, um, the way the camera changed, it, it kind of uh, got in front oh, of him. Yeah. And you were seeing the ball coming for, for ages, and you're wondering, what the fuck is he going to do with it here? And I was thinking, is he going to take it on his chest, his head? And uh, no, he just kills it in a stride. And it didn't didn't have the brakes tried at all. Uh, yeah, that was that was class. I have to say. Um, apart from that, to be honest, that's there's not a whole lot else. As Andy said, you know, fire the second goal, fire the brain fire that he has for the second goal. He he done everything else decent. Um, but and he's Steve, still cost. Like, in fairness, I know what he does is isn't great, but at the same time. Henderson should have been wired to that uh, that man running in behind, and everything would have been fucking fine. Yeah. He made a gamble, and Klopp likes their likes his defenders to be a bit more proactive and take these little gambles. 
But yeah. as long as somebody's as long as somebody's wired to it, and we just that is the problem. We just don't seem to give a shit about defending. Henderson's totally switched off. He doesn't say, he doesn't even it doesn't even enter his mind that Moreno might miss the ball here. Uh, I better track me runner. It's pretty bad, you know. I fully agree, Andy. It's it's not it's not it's it's nothing new. It seems to be a reoccurring theme, as I said with Trent, delighted with him, the kids, eighteen, what eighteen, nineteen. He's going to turn in. He looks like he can turn into a top, top quality set or right back. But there is that thing that he he tends, if there's a ball played around, he tends to just let the man run behind him. Mm. And it's exactly the same. That's exactly what Henderson done second half, or, sorry, first half of their second goal. Cleverly walks. And it's, it's, it's Tom Cleverly. It's not, it's not someone like David Silva or Kevin De Bruyne or a top class attacking midfielder that's doing it to him. It's Tom fucking Cleverly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's right. I mean, just obviously within these um, podcasts, we put out the um, hashtag uh, post match couch and and ask people to to send in thoughts and 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 what they what they wanted to say or points that they wanted us to discuss. Uh, Umar has sent in a uh, tweet to us saying, "Don't think there's a single defender in the world that would improve us. Need an overhaul, whether that be all personnel or tactics." Discuss. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it's a very valid point from Amara. Um, as I was saying throughout the podcast there, and as Carragher says, Van Dijk isn't going to sort all our problems out. You know, it is systematic. Um, it's it's what we get under Klopp. We love him. We love the attack and football. But there is this uh, neglect to defend him that exists, and we're not we're not a compact unit at the back. We take all these chances going forward. Nobody seems to give a shit where their runners are. So is Van, is Van Dijk going to save us a few uh, goals conceded? Yes, but he's not going to sort it all out. He's not going to be... It's a, it's an expensive solution to a problem that's not going to be solved. On that point, I don't think there's a centre-half in the world that isn't going to be exposed in that system. Be it Van Dijk, be it whoever. You could bring yeah. in... Benucci, you could bring in Chiellini, whoever you want, the top centre-halves in the world will be exposed in that system. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what the problem is, Steve? Um, you'll have all these idiot fans don't understand the game, absolutely slaughtering you know, the acquisition of Van Dijk if we get him, saying that he's shit, he wasn't worth the money. But that is just that is a symptom of how you play that game uh, under Klopp. He's going to be exposed, and all his weaknesses are going to be uh, there for everyone to see, you know the ones that he has. He can't do everything. He won't be able to do everything. And people that go on slating uh, Lovren every week, um, that's what it's all about. That is what how we defend. Matip is getting shown up now as well, despite everyone thinking he he was uh, the answer to everything as well. I fully so. agree. I fully agree with it. Um, I just don't think like our best centre half pair in the past probably twenty years was Carragher and Hippie. I can only imagine what they would look like in this system because <laughs> they would let yeah. like be carnage, absolute carnage. Like it's yeah. it, it's a team system that it does not block, it doesn't move as one. Like if you have, if you look back at Benitez's time, he was a, probably a more defensive coach than Klopp. The back four moved as one. Yeah, does uh, you Andy? I know you played football, less senior league football. When you move. If your left back goes, your right back tucks in. It's it's simple things. It, this is the fucking okay. issue I have with it. It is yeah. simple thing. You, you can't just bomb. 
Yeah, under Benitez, you couldn't play between the lines. You just couldn't. Play, t- <laughs> the in there. It was too tight. It was too compact. Under Klopp, there is no lines. No, it's all fluid. And that, but that's the thing as well. That it's, it's a sacrifice you make to have this fluid attacking football is you're not going to be able to have this solid defensive unit. So it's, it's about finding the balance. And at the moment, there is no balance. Yeah. No, I agree. So we have, what, 18, 19 days left of the transfer window. Um, Klopp's been quoted as saying, I have to accept the decisions from owners. That's how it is, sometimes from players. Uh, at this moment, I focus on my team. Tends to suggest that he's not going to get drawn on anything with regards to transfers and changes that could happen in between now and, and the end of the transfer window. Is there anything we can do between now and then that's going to make a difference based on what you've seen today? Yeah, there's a fucking hell of a lot that we could do. But whether we do it or not is a whole other question. Yeah, when, was that, when was that quote made, um, Rich? Um, I'm guessing it's come after the game. I haven't had a chance to... Uh, yeah, I've only got the audio of it, but I haven't got the actual um, the footage. But it was it was just in our um, group chat. Yeah. That sounds... Well, it's quite that a dominant like comment today. So we have to accept the decisions from our owners. And, uh, and then sometimes from players. I have a feeling he may well have been asked post-match about um, whether he needs to pursue or whether he's frustrated in the transfer window and about pursuing maybe Virgil van Dijk, bearing in mind we've, we've let three fairly straightforward goals in. And I'm imagining that that's... That could it, seems be be very touchy, it seems to be a very touchy subject for them. Uh, I know managers never want to talk about... Uh, transfers and potential transfers and even Klopp from the very beginning has been like that um, but he was he was fairly relaxed about it before and to be kind of coming out with more um, kind of in, he just seems a bit agitated when he's asked now and that quote I'd have to see it now I'd have to hear it myself but that's quite damning now if he's talking about the owners I'd like to hear that in the context I, th- yeah. I think the context will be, as in his approach, Virgil van Dijk and their owners have said, no, he has to accept the points of a, of an owner. I don't think he's talking about FSG. Oh, OK, the, uh, the opposition's okay. owners. OK, yeah. that's fair. So he could be talking about uh, um, Red Bull and, and Southampton. OK, that's that's a lot. Yeah, that's that that would suit, that would sit with me a lot better. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't want to see uh, Klopp going at war with uh, the owners. I just do not want to see another Hicks and Gillette situation in in this club because that will just be toxic. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think that's where we're coming from. I, th- I think what they're talking about is obviously his frustrations, which is trying to get some of the transcripts up on it. They're obviously talking yeah. about his frustrations, you know, that he hasn't been able to bring in the players that he wants. And I think the point he's making is, look, at the end of the day, if if a club turns around and says we're not selling, basically Virgil Van Dijk and Naby Keita, you've got to accept those decisions. You know, there's nothing you can do to to kind of force their hands. And I think the player comment was probably aimed at, uh, at Phil Coutinho as well. And 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 you know, and I think okay, here's one for you because we haven't really spoken since um, the joys of yesterday. Uh, Phil Coutinho, stay or go? Go. Really good. I, th- I think he'd be made stay. The reason I think he'd be made stay is because I don't think that they have the capability to replace him with such a um, short space of time. So I think they're prepared to take the chances of having a sole can play around. I know it's not ideal for Klopp. He doesn't look. He wants everyone one hundred percent. But um, if tomorrow Klopp could 
send him off to Barca, bring in uh, Naby Keita, bring in somebody else, another option on the wing with all that money, bring in Van Dijk. I think it's it, it could happen, but where where well, the transfer window is um, two months open, and the month prior to that, there was plenty of speculation and talk, and stuff could have been done then. And nothing's being done. I think at this stage it's too late, and I don't. I think it would be absolutely um, uh, suicidal for the club now to let him go, especially after that statement yesterday. Uh, I just don't want this club embarrassing the fans anymore with things like that. So if they said he's, if they said he's uh, saying, uh, you have to kind of take a, a face value and assume he is now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I must admit when when I first heard the news. And um, where I work, there's uh, one lad's uh, a Newcastle uh, fan and, and there's an Arsenal fan as well. And I came out of one of the meeting rooms and the two of them were just standing there with their arms folded, smiling at me. And I was like, you lot can just fuck off now. I don't even know. <laughs> we just come to check to see how you were. I was like, fuck off. And literally every hour on the hour for the rest of the day. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Just go away, lads. All right. Just leave me alone. And, yeah. and but But the more I think about it, the more this seems to make sense. First things first. He signed a five-year contract, literally, what, six months ago? Yeah. No get- yeah, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no release clause. It's, it's a pure contract, and he was happy, and he was excited about the project, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know what? Sometimes you need to think a little bit more carefully before you put, put pen to paper. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear in the next few days, and before anyone says anything, I'm not, not an ITK, this is my opinion, we will probably hear something about we go back to Southampton, we probably go back to Red Bull Leipzig, we all have something in common now, everyone has a player that wants to leave. Uh, and potentially the chance of money, and whether we see if there's anything that can be done. If for no other reason that then you can go back to Phil and go, look, we've tried. If we could have got Naby Cater in, we'd have probably let you go. But we've tried. It's a no-go, and we cannot let you go three weeks before the end of a season. We've had this with Torres before, and okay, that one worked out well. We got 50 million, and Torres turned into a pile of crap. But that's beside the point. This is We cannot go into a season without... With Lalana injured, we have no creative midfielder. Yeah, and so yeah. I think, you know, all the cards are stacked in our favour. And it's a World Cup year. Phil's going to have to fall into line. He might get grumpy for a little while. He'll get over it, I'm sure. But, you know, we can't just keep falling over to Barca and going, all right, you can have our best player. And if he yeah. goes for less than £125 million, someone's taking the piss somewhere. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, with all that money they have, we should be bending them over a barrel and not get stung like we did Boris thing. Yeah, dead right. The little fucking shit signed a contract. He, he, you know, he committed his future to Liverpool. I know these days contracts mean nothing, but it, uh, it wasn't until Barcelona starts showing an interest that he starts uh, kicking off. And the things got that got leaked to Sky yesterday, really sickened me. It was uh, very distasteful and this was the day before the, the season starts. I don't know who they came from. I assume it was the agent. But saying things like, you know, he's been uh, a bit uh, bewildered about his position within the side under Klopp and everything else. Like, they're filthy tactics. And, he, looked, he looked unhappy when he was posting pictures of him and all his mates <clears throat> and family in yeah. the new Liverpool there during the summer, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's purely. Um, I don't think there's any problems there, but I think to, to use them words now to create sort of tension uh, and disrupt the team going into an important game today and the important European game now in the middle of the week. Uh, I think it's, I think it's, it's really uh, scumbag tactics. Somebody needs to grab a hold of them and uh, and say to them, what you know, what are you talking about? These amicable. Uh, um, situations to leave if you wanted to exit the club 
Don't sign a contract. Talk to us in May or June about it. Uh, let 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 there be an amicable situation, uh, an amicable arrangement made with all that time. There is no amicable arrangement the day before the season starts. That's not amicable. He wasn't amicable. The club are, are well within their rights to make it difficult for him to leave now. Unless he wants to go off over to fucking uh, Red Bull and have a chat with Naby first and then go down to Southampton and organise that one, let him go and do it. But we can't fucking let him go now. And the owners, in fairness to him, uh, have put their foot down and said he's not leaving. And that should be the way it is. Flog him next season and uh, fuck him. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think if if we've learned anything by the fact that Sacco keeps going in and, and riding his riding his uh, exercise bike every night at 10 o'clock, as his Snapchat keeps telling me, um, you know, just <laughs> what the fuck he keeps posting that for, I have no idea. Every sodden night, it's the same thing. It's like, we get it, Sacco. You train away from the rest of the lads. It's because you're a yeah. bad egg. So why can't, they fuck, why can't they sell the fucking shit? Because no one wants him. He has history of this. He's done the exact same at PSG. He's a oh, oh. listen. It's 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 actually not for Aaron. My dear, <laughs> it's not. The guy's just a why not? Why not? Steve say it because everybody else seems to be afraid to talk about poor mama. Like it's a fucking joke. It's a fucking it joke. Whatever's whatever oh, gone down oh. between him and Klopp, it's 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 serious, and he's fucked. Oh, I'm genuinely convinced that there's more than what we know that's gone on there. There was the thing with the uh, taking drugs before the or Europa League last year, wasn't able to play Europa League final. Yeah. There was yeah. the was the American tour last season where he caused issues on the American tour. Yeah. Yep. There has to be a level of as we've said, we've all played in teams, we've all played for clubs. There's a level of respect you have to show your manager, your teammates, and the club. And if you don't, fuck off. It's that simple. It's absolutely that simple. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so next game up is Tuesday. Uh, away to Hoffenheim, first leg. There's a bit of work to be like done. We, we turn up like we did today and Hoffenheim comfortably beat us. Comfortably beat us. Yeah, I can't say I'm familiar with how Hoffenheim plays, Steve, so I don't know whether they'll sit back or whether they'll try and play where we can sweat or physical even. I'm not too sure, um, but but you're right. Be, if we play, it'll be the on a struggle. Yeah, I won't be the biggest expert on Hoffenheim, but they finished third in the Bundesliga. Yeah, um, do you know what I mean? Like, that's, it's nothing to be sniffed at. You're not, no. you're not playing, you're not playing some random team from Azerbaijan or fucking wherever. You're playing a, a team that finished third in the Bundesliga last season with a manager who is only 29. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's stuff like that. It's obviously obviously translated. Apparently, I can't take the manager's name now, but he was uh, Thomas Tuchel, the Dortmund coach. It was his. He was his assistant at Mainz before he got the Hoffenheim job. So mm. that's. I'd be expecting that kind of football, Dortmund football, that you got yeah. two years, which is probably quite similar to Klopp's football. Yeah, yeah. Um, should make for an entertaining game, and certainly, hopefully, will be a little bit more open. Um, yeah. than, than Watford were so maybe that will, will play to our strength so we've got that coming up and then next week we are we're at home aren't we next week I should know because I'm going to the game home to Palace yeah God help us I'm actually at that game and then I'm going back for the second leg of the uh, Champions League playoff as well yeah it was at that Crystal Palace game towards the end of last season um, so yeah I uh, I wouldn't like to be it <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know what to make of it at the moment. I suppose the best way to end this pod is that there are there are positives um, still to come out of today. Um, there's still work to be done. It is only the first game of the season and we've got a lot more to do. But um, as they say, every cloud has a silver lining, so we'll end the pod on this one. Chelsea are losing 1-0 to Burnley. Who's <laughs> card? Uh, hold on. Oh, and Gary Cahill's been sent off. It couldn't get any better, could it? Uh, Vogue scored on the 24th minute. Cahill was shown a straight red after 14. Happy days. So, yeah, you go. See? Could be worse. Could be a Chelsea well, fan. 40, Catch you in the next games. post-match game. 27 games to go. Up the Reds. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Start your morning fresh with Wendy's $3 Classic Breakfast Deal. Choose between a classic sausage, egg, and cheese or classic bacon, egg, and cheese. Then pair that breakfast sandwich with a small seasoned potatoes for just 3 bucks. So ditch the pre-made and start your day with made-to-order. Choose Wendy's and start fresh with a $3 Classic Breakfast Deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only during breakfast hours. U.S. price and participation may vary. No substitutions. Sports Social Podcast Network.